Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and Bitcoin space every single weekday morning. We go over market news, price action, and of course, all the drama happening in crypto every single day. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. Or if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month. This allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website and it has not been tampered with by a third party like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, so use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the way of crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Cryptocast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get back to you. There's also an RSS link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that RSS link. You can do that. Let's get into the news. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Way of Crypto podcast. We're just getting over the long weekend here uh, up here in North America, where I am situated at the moment. Uh, we just getting off a three day weekend. Markets were closed. Not a lot of volume, not a lot going on. However, there is some action in the markets today with some altcoins. They are moving. We'll be going over that. And uh, we have literally a ton of news to go over this morning. So I'm going to kick it right off here. First, fear and greed index. We're currently sitting at a 22 in extreme fear. Yesterday was a 23. Last week, a 27. Last month, a 30. Uh, the market sentiment is low. However, uh, we are going into a market open in approximately 28 minutes. Not really approximately, pretty well exactly 28 minutes. And whether you like it or not, and no matter where you are in the world, the U.S. market dictates a lot of price action and volume really escalates during those market hours, especially during the open and close. Uh, let's get right into price action. Bitcoin currently sitting at $19,884. Flat on the 24, but down 2% on the seven day. Ethereum's going through a little bit of a pump today. No, a pretty substantial pump, actually, I would say up 6% on the 24 at 16.67. And it's up 6% on the seven day as well. BNB's at 280, up 2% on the 24. Cardano is at 49 cents, closing in on 50 cents, up about 1% on the 24. However, up almost 10% on the seven day. Uh, lots of news there regarding uh, Cardano. I'm sure if you're a holder, you are following those stories. I don't think we're going into much Cardano news because it's kind of old hat now. A lot of it happened on Friday and then uh, through the weekend. XRP's at 33 cents, up 3% on the 24, about 2% on the seven day. Solana's at 33 bucks, up 5% on the 24, up 2% on the seven day. Polkadot's at $7.58 flat on the 24, but up 5% on the seven day. Dogecoin, six cents, up 2% on the 24. 
Matic is almost at 90 cents, 89.47 at uh, up 3% on the 24, up 9% on the 7-day. Sheba's up 2% on the 24, flat on the 7-day. AVAX has had a little bit of a bounce back after their really rough week last week, uh, having a lot of controversy in the crypto space. A lot of people were talking about it, including, uh, including us here on this podcast. And if you're not familiar with CryptoLeaks.info, I suggest you check it out and come to your own conclusion. We covered it uh, over two days last week. Ethereum Classic is at $40.35, up 25% on the 24-hour. Ethereum Classic is probably the biggest mover uh, in the top uh, top 20 for sure it is, and uh, maybe more than that as well. Uh, yeah, up 25.29% on the 24, up 20% on the 7-day. Uniswap's at six bucks and forty-six cents. Uh, Unsys said Leo is down two percent on the twenty-four, down almost seven percent on the seven-day. Chainlink seven dollars twenty-eight cents. Near Protocol four dollars and forty-seven cents. Another big mover, up uh, almost eight percent on the twenty-four hour and almost eight percent on the seven-day as well. Monero is at one hundred and fifty-five bucks, pretty well flat on the twenty-four, up about three point three five. 5% on the seven day. It's my first podcast of the week. The first one's always a little slow for me and it takes uh, a little bit to get into it. And I stumble over my words if you're new to this podcast. So please bear with me. However, it's usually just when I'm reading, not when I'm going on a little rant here. First article of the day. This is a big one. It's from Cointelegraph. Headline is potential Bitcoin price double bottom could spark Bitcoin rally to 30K despite extreme fear. So this analyst is calling for a rally to 30K. That's what I've been saying for the last month and a half or so. I expect a rally to 30K and I expect us to kind of hang out there through the bear market uh, until we get a major catalyst to send us off and make Bitcoin parabolic again. Uh, Just remember, I read a really good tweet yesterday. It was every day that goes by is one day closer to Bitcoin's rally, which is true. Don't forget, it will go back up again. And uh, at the darkest of times, which we have been in over the last four weeks here, uh, especially the last two weeks, we kind of had that rally and then crashed again back into sub 20,000. These are very dark times in Bitcoin and the sky will open up, the sun will come out again and Bitcoin will rally. So don't spend too much time looking at your net worth and suffering because uh, it will rally again and your net worth will go up again and Bitcoin can move in the upwards direction really quick here. Let's dig into this, uh, what this analyst thinks here. Bitcoin's price may climb by more than 50% in September. Uh, Note, (laughs) so this is very much hopium, very much hopium because September is usually a, a red month for crypto. However, We're coming off quite a summer and quite a list of events uh, that have taken us deep, deep into the red. So anything can happen here. Bitcoin price double bottom and then 30K question mark. The conflicting upside signal comes from a potential double bottom pattern on Bitcoin's longer time frame charts against the US dollar. I have not checked the US dollar chart this morning, but I'm assuming it's still going real strong. It had a very, very strong uh, weekend here. Bitcoin's decline below 20,000 in July, followed by a sharp recovery towards 25. We all experienced that probably. I doubt there's a lot of new Bitcoin holders listening to this podcast since retail is pretty well out. You're probably all OGs at this point. Uh, Yeah, the sharp recovery towards 25,000 and subsequent return to 20,000 level in August partially confirms the double bottom scenario. That's unless we go and make a new bottom, that is. The cryptocurrency would complete the pattern after rebounding toward 25,000. A W-shaped price move is an ideal scenario 
and could be followed by another sharp move higher, also known as a double bottom breakout. So the market right now, slipping back into extreme fear. It's been there. It's been an extreme fear for at least the last seven days that I can remember, maybe a little bit longer than that. Bitcoin's bullish reversal scenario occurs amid general price depreciation across the rise on markets. Originally, Bitcoin's descent to 20000 started after Federal Reserve uh, Jerome Powell reasserted his hawkish stance on inflation at Jerome uh, at Jackson Hole last week. Uh, this is, was that only last week? Jeez. Seems a lot longer than that. I feel like it was at least two weeks ago. But but yeah, so Jerome Powell took a very hawkish stance, said he is not going to, re- There's we will no, see no sign in interest rate hikes anytime soon. His stance is hawkish until inflation goes down. The market subsequently dumped on all things Bitcoin returning to 20,000. Slowly after that, slowly kind of bleeding out into sub 20,000. And uh, that theory is here that that has created the double bottom that we, the first bottom being in July. Uh, But to Phil Swift, creator of Bitcoin data data source, look into Bitcoin. The market sentiment is not as fearful as it was in June. I agree with that. It was down into fear and greed index was uh, at, I think as low as six in June. Uh, due to a huge amount of forced selling and now defunct crypto hedge fund three hours capital and stablecoin project, uh, yeah, Terra Luna. So we are not in those kind of market conditions anymore. It is why I do think Bitcoin will return to 30,000. I do believe this. I do not think it's going to happen in September. I would like that to be not true and me to be wrong on that. I think we're going to see an October, uh, November rally to 30,000 is kind of where my thoughts lie on this next article of the day ETH is pumping ETH is surging bump my microphone bear with me for a sec ETH surges seven percent daily as ethereum network prepares for the bellatrix upgrade so we are looking at the merge very soon in days now uh or a, uh, sorry maybe a week in about a week or so as the ethereum network prepares to go through bellatrix the bellatrix upgrade ETH price is getting hotter be aware, a lot of people think this is a buy the rumor, sell the news event. Um, I use ETH on a daily basis, almost, yeah, I use ETH almost every day. However, it's not, I'm not a huge bag holder in ETH at this moment in time. This is not financial advice, however, because uh, I could be wrong on this. Just my gut feeling is telling me to just, I use ETH, I keep a very small portion of ETH to cover gas fees and stuff that uh, for stablecoin transactions and NFTs and all that kind of stuff. However, uh, my bags are really in substantially in Bitcoin. And then uh, I do hold, have some very speculative uh, tokens in my portfolio uh, as well, some altcoins that are low cap and some mid cap. I hold Solana and uh, some Vulcan Forge Peer is for uh, very, very speculative guess at crypto gaming possibly going into 2023. Uh, however, most of my bags are in Bitcoin. I have moved out of almost all altcoins except a few that I just could not resist buying at their low levels they were at in June. Um, and ETH, un, a very unpopular opinion that I have, uh, ETH is not one of my big bags, however I use it. Prior to the eagerly awaited merge, which signifies a transition to proof-of-stake consensus mechanism, one crucial step is the Bellatrix upgrade, and we're preparing for that now. This requires the node operators to update their clients before EPOC 1448.6 on the beacon change. Ethereum Foundation has previously revealed that the Bellatrix upgrade is scheduled to take place at 1134 
uh, UTC time on September 6th today. So this morning on UTC time, while well, the merge itself is expected to happen somewhere around September 13th, 15th. Date from Ethernode shows that 72.9% of nodes have been marked ready for the merge. That's an impressive number already. While the 27.1% rest of them, I guess you could say, are not ready. However, I see that changing over the next couple days here. If the node operators fail to upgrade the Ethereum clients prior to the Bellatrux upgrade, they will be stuck on an incompatible chain following the old rules. Maybe they want to get stuck. It's interesting. Furthermore, they will also not be able to send Ether to operate on the post-merge Ethereum network. Ethereum devs have been urging the node operators to update their clients. Yes, we know they have. Co-founder Vitalik Buterin also took to Twitter to push for the same. So this is a tweet from Vitalik. If you want to follow him, you can follow him on Twitter at Vitalik Buterin. That's where he makes a lot of his announcements. And also causes some controversy and some memes uh, as well that happened over the weekend. Maybe we'll talk about those uh, if we have time here. Anyways, this is a tweet from him. The merge is still expected to happen around September 13th, 15th. What's happening today is a Bellatrix hard fork, which prepares the chain for the merge. Still important, though, make sure to upgrade your clients. So OpenSea has been in the news as of late. Ethereum domain names have topped Bored Apes on OpenSea's weekly chart. If you go to OpenSea and you click on stats, I believe... I forget what the initial link is. I believe it's stats here. Hold on one moment. I'm going to pause this just to double check that for you guys. Yes, I double checked. And uh, yeah, you click on stats, click on rankings, and that lists the top 100, I think, maybe even 200 uh, NFT projects that are happening in the crypto space. The Ethereum naming, naming service, uh, if you see anybody with a .eth address, that includes Vitalik. If you were to check out his uh, Twitter profile, he has a .eth address on his Twitter profile. Um, they are included in the NFT projects listed on OpenSea, uh, as well as things like Bored Apes and Cyberpunks and uh, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, and they have actually overtaken, due to volume, trading volume, uh, they've overtaken Bored Ape, which is uh, quite the uh, quite the feat here. Let's get into the article. Ahead of upcoming merge, ENS domains have reached the top of OpenSea's seven-day chart trading volume. Ethereum naming service domains names have surpassed Board APL Club as the most traded asset on the NFT marketplace. OpenSea over the last seven days, seemingly ahead of the Ethereum merge. So uh, the ENS projects usually were in the top 10, top 20, kind of in and out of there uh, as far as their daily trading volume uh, on OpenSea. However, yeah, they have overtaken and moved Bricken into the top three at, at this point. Uh, let's have a look here and see where they are right now. I'm recording this podcast at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and they are number two. Uh, the top one is Yoast Mint Tube, uh, which is a Solana project, Solana NFT project. And now we're going to follow that up. There it is right there. More NFT news here. Reddit NFT avatars. So if you are a major contributor or have been on Reddit for a very long time, you may have been gifted an avatar. Uh, so I suggest you Google this, look into how to do it so you can get your avatar because they appear to be uh, have some value here. I have one. I have a, uh, oh, what's it called? A drip something. Hold on one sec. I'm going to put this podcast. You know what? I'm going to do this live. I'm not going to put it on uh, pause here. Just keep bear with me as I scan through my NFT collection. Yeah, Drip Squad, number 2,711. Two, and, uh, yep, so I have one of these. There's a good chance you do too if you're active on Reddit and considered a uh, contributor. 
or sorry, a major contributor, and they are actually fetching some value on OpenSea's uh, market here. Reddit's launch of limited edition Amnesty avatars has led to a large premium on secondary sales on OpenSea. Let's see if they list on what they're selling for here. Doesn't look like too much of a premium here. Sales of recently launched Reddit blockchain-based blo avatars are rising on non-fungible token marketplace OpenSea. Remember, this is kind of like a Monday for me. Outperforming the pro platform's proprietary store. Reddit, the front page of the internet, plugged into the burge burgeoning world of NFTs with the announcement of collectible avatars. Yes, we know that. What kind of prices? NFTs are currently available for purchase on the Revit avatar store page from 5 bucks to 49 while the NFTs were listed for $50 or more are now sold out. These more expensive avatars are still available on OpenSea. A bit for price ranges significantly higher than the original ones set on Reddit. Two specific collections, the Census X Reddit Collectible Avatars and the Fosslings, I'm probably saying these wrongs, X Collectible Avatars, are prominent Reddit, Reddit, Reddit avatar compilations that are featured on OpenSea. Around 1,300 of the Census are listed and generating a total of 15 and have generated a total of 15 ETH uh, being traded on Polygon or 25,000 bucks. It's pretty good, I guess, for a free, free avatar. However, a lot of people paid for these as well. Uh, and that is since August 20th. The mouse number 12 is the most expensive NFT sold in the collection to date, sold for 1.377 Polygon bridged ETH or 333 bucks on September 3rd, a few days ago. There are 1,800 Fossling NFTs listed on OpenSea while sale volumes totaling 9.6 uh, Polygon bridged ETH at the time of this writing. Uh, yeah, so if you have if you have not checked and you think you uh, may be uh, some kind of significant Reddit contributor, you've been around for a long time, have lots of posts, have lots of karma, see if you can claim your free NFT because maybe someday it will be worth something. And uh, just the beginning, these just started coming out and they were really only started being actively traded on OpenSea over the last few weeks here. More NFT news. I'm sorry for people that hate NFTs. Whether you like it or not, they're here to stay, and it's an important part of crypto. It's an important part of crypto at this moment in time. Uh, we don't know what NFTs are or what they're going to lead to. However, they are deeply intertwined with crypto and Web3, and uh, I believe it does have uh, the future written all over it here. If you haven't used Web3 and logged in to websites with an NFT... Uh, and you don't want to just get a JPEG, uh, one of the things I kind of suggest people check out if you want to kind of branch out in NFTs at all is to go to Unstoppable Domains and register a domain name because there's lots available. They're about 20 bucks, counts as an NFT, and then you can see how Web3 works and log into Unstoppable Domains without a login. You don't need a username or password or any of that kind of stuff. That's all you need to do is hold your domain in a wallet that's linked. So that could be MetaMask. You could... I don't recommend it. However, you can connect with your Ledger device uh, or one of the many wallets that they support. So if you have a wallet that's supported by OpenSea, or sorry, not OpenSea, Unstoppable Domains, you just connect it to your wallet that holds that domain that you've purchased from them, which is your domain name. You can launch a website on that the same day that's viewable on any Web3 capable browser. Uh, we have one, it's the way of crypto.crypto. However, you need Brave browser or you need Opera to uh, view that website. I've gotten a little bit sidetracked here. However, the point is you can register your domain name. There is numerous names to choose from and there's a real good chance that your first and last name has not been taken yet because a lot of people haven't jumped into Web3 yet. 
However, you can register your domain name, move that to your wallet, and then log into Unstoppable Domains to edit that domain name with your NFT, which is kind of cool, I think. Just a neat way to experiment a little bit. And uh, they cost you about 20 bucks US at this moment in time. Uh, the Ethereum co-founders poll shows people want $100 lifetime Ethereum domain. So uh, the .eth domain is on the Ethereum naming, naming service and Unstoppable Domains is on their own uh, their own service using Polygon at this point. They were using Ethereum. I think they've migrated uh, since to Polygon. Almost 50% of the 91,130 voters answered the fair, fair price for 100 years of owning a five-letter ETH domain for under 100 bucks. So the big difference between the two domain names... I won't get into this too much. We're a crypto podcast. However, some of these things are important or may become important to us, especially over time. Uh, an ETH domain name needs to be re-registered every year. You can register it for five years, 10 years, however, like uh, a .com or a .net or .org address, very similar to that, where Unstoppable Domains, once you purchase that domain name, it is yours for life. That's the big difference between the two. And what they are finding by a co-founder's poll is that people want their .ens name for life as well. So no one wants to have to re-register. We're on Web3, we're on blockchain, we're in the future now. If you're gonna buy a domain, make it an NFT and make that purchase lifetime. There has been a Bitcoin, or we're gonna move on to the next story here. We're gonna get back into crypto specific stuff. This one's Bitcoin. Bitcoin sentenced to federal, Bitcoiner sentenced to a federal, federal prison, warns users involved in OTC training. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what's going on here. I figured we'd read this article together. May or may not go go through the entire thing. Uh, However, this is a quote from Mark Alexander Hopkins, also known as Risen. He is, this is an interview prior to serving his print sentence. I'm just a regular Bitcoiner caught in the crosshairs. That's what he said. Mark Alexander Hopkins, also known by the monkier Dr. Bitcoin, or their handle, Risen, has claimed that transacting Bitcoin peer-to-peer is a federal crime after announcing the sentence in their case to social media followers. In Sunday Twitter or in a Sunday Twitter thread, Hopkins said that they were facing between 6 to 15 months at, fe- at a federal correctional institute in Texas. So this is in the States. Following a guilty plea for allegedly operating crypto business without the, ne- without the necessary licensing, according to Risen, the United States Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or FinCEN, Use the 2019 interpretation of law 18. or U.S.C. 1960, originally acted in 1992, to charge them with illegally operating a money transmitting business. What I'm guessing is he sold Bitcoin to someone directly. Um, let's dig into this a little more. This means that anytime anyone who trades crypto peer to peer, not with an exchange, they're legally liable under the statute of its current interpreted state said Risen. In practice, this is a catch-all law. I was originally suspected of being a kingpin in this particular scam, and when it was clear I was not, they were able to easily build a case that I had not registered federally before selling my Bitcoins. So this is a tweet. If you want to follow him, you can follow him on Twitter, at Risen, and his name is freerisen.eth with an Ethereum ENS address. So, hey, I'm going offline for an indeterminate amount of time. I'm headed down to Bearmont FCI, where Uncle Sam will be footing the bill for my room and board for the next 6 to 15 months for the crime of selling Bitcoin a few years ago. 
The Bitcoiner who said they joined the space in 2011 claimed that they were one of the hundreds of thousands of OTC traders in 2019 amid a bad actor involved in an illegal lottery scheme. There may be more to this story than what we're getting. Keep that in mind. This is a lot of this is actually from uh, from him himself. Yeah, I just did a little scan there. Okay, back to the article. The Bitcoiner who said they joined the space in 2011 claimed that they were one of the hundreds of thousands of OTC traders in 2019 amid a bad actor involved in a legal lottery scheme using the trading group to launder funds with Bitcoin purchases. Risen claimed to facilitate fiat to crypto exchange on behalf of the party who they hinted did not know was being investigated for a crime. So it seems that he sold Bitcoin to these individuals. Uh, this is a quote from him. I cooperated fully with the 15 armed FBI agents who raided my home in October of 2019. I wasn't able to find a crypto fluent attorney after I raised. I was raided in 2020. I was told that if I pleaded to the 18th USC 1960 charge, any actions against my family would be dropped. According to Risen, they were fully registered as a Bitcoin seller with FinCEN. But the Justice Department still targeted them based on their involvement in illicit transactions. So there does appear to be more to the story. It's not that he just com just conducted a peer-to-peer -peer transaction with someone selling their Bitcoin. So because there, there is a, there is a market for that. There's local Bitcoins. If you Google that, uh, they're not a show sponsor or anything like that. I would love to have them actually as a show sponsor. They're one of the. Um, one of the good guys, I would say, in the crypto space, that's for sure. But uh, head to local Bitcoins. You can see that there is quite a market for people that want to purchase Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer in your area, and they will transact. Uh, they, local Bitcoins facilitates that transaction and puts those people together, puts the person that wants to sell their Bitcoin with the person that wants to sell their Bitcoin to do it, not on exchange, not on KYC, and do that over peer-to-peer. -peer. Next article mm -hmm. here. Treasure and Wasabi join forces to make Bitcoin more private. So Treasure is a hardware device similar to a ledger. Wasabi Wallet is is the creator of CoinJoin, I think. Uh, so don't quote me exactly on that. However, I believe they to be to, to be a creator, the creator of CoinJoin. What CoinJoin is is a way to keep your Bitcoins uh, more private to you. Once you open up your Wasabi Wallet. Uh, you will be connected to CoinJoin. And I'm not a technical guy, but I'm going to try and explain this the way I understand it. And this could be wrong. So do your own research uh, always. However, uh, it kind of intermingles your coins with other people's coins on CoinJoin as well and makes it harder for you, your Bitcoin, to be traced back to your address, even with KYC. Uh, the two projects said they would bring CoinJoin to, CoinJoin to hardware wallets next year. So this is actually pretty interesting. This is big news for Treasure and maybe a reason to uh, break from my ledger here and move to your Treasure in the future over the next year if this actually pans out. Treasure, the company behind one of the most popular crypto wallets, has teamed up with privacy project Wasabi to bring CoinJoin mixing to Bitcoin transactions on its hardware wallet. So they call it CoinJoin mixing. Uh, that is essentially the way I understand it as well. They take your coins. Uh, they are essentially uploaded and mixed around with a bunch of other coins, Bitcoins, a bunch of other Satoshis. And uh, once you're using, transacting out of your Wasabi wallet, those coins are coming from that mixed batch of coins because uh, you're automatically linked with CoinJoin by default when you use the Wasabi wallet. Uh, just a note there, you don't have to join your coins to use Wasabi, but the default option is 
two projects confirmed the par partnership via Twitter on Monday. The idea is that users will be able to use CoinJoin on their Trezor devices for greater transaction privacy beginning next year. CoinJoin is a coin mixer that groups Bitcoin transactions together to obscure their origins. Wasabi Wallet is a popular Bitcoin wallet made by software firm ZK Snacks and uses CoinJoin tech. Yeah, so that is really big news for treasure holders, I would say, uh, because your wallet could be getting a lot more private. However, when, uh, so my theory is on uh, CoinJoin is I have a Wasabi wallet. I will always keep some Bitcoins clean. So I don't, I don't know what the future is going to pan out with, especially with Tornado Cash and things like that. Uh, but always at the back of my mind, it's always been um, something of note to me to make sure I have a large portion of my wallet that is entirely clean. So purchased through KYC, uh, through an exchange in a still a hardware wallet where I hold it. Uh, however, I, I'm not going to put any of that Bitcoin into any kind of coin join or anything like that. However, I do move a portion of that portfolio into CoinJoin for private transactions. Um, last article of the day, crypto miner pooling causes Bitcoin and ETH withdrawals, citing liquidity problems. We will make a snapshot of the remaining Bitcoin and ETH balances on the pool on September 6th to work out the balances. I believe it is a fair amount of uh, miners are on the pooling, are on pooling. I think it's like 10% or something like that here. Hold on one sec. Let me see if it goes through it. Yeah, 10.8%. So this could affect the hash rate. Poolin, one of the largest Bitcoin miners pools by hash rate, has announced it has temporarily suspended Bitcoin and Ether withdrawals from its wallet service due to liquidity problems. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Uh, I think it's going to be negative for the Bitcoin hash rate, that's for sure. In Monday announcement, Poolin said its wallet service was facing some liquidity problems due to recent increased demand on withdrawals and plans to temporarily stop payouts of Bitcoin and Ether. It is in its Telegram channel, Poolin support Support told users it was hard to name a specific date on which it would resume normal service, but hinted it could be a matter of days. I hope that does pan out in a matter of days. I really don't like seeing this with mining pools. I'm sure you agree with me on this. Um, please be assured all user assets are safe and the company's net worth is positive, said Pool, and we'll make a snapshot of the remaining Bitcoin and ETH balances on Pool on September 6th. So that's today. This should be today uh, to work out the balances the daily mine coins after september 6th will be normally paid out per day other coins are not affected so i don't understand why uh why they're having liquidity problems the mining pool was the latest in the crypto space to announce it would be halting withdrawals however it's a completely different mining pool is completely different from a uh a yield a cfi yield or lending platform it's entirely different i understand why they'd be having liquidity issues unless they're uh, there's something shady going on here, and I hope I'm wrong. Many exchanges, including Coinbase and FTX, said they would be temporarily pausing withdrawals of ETH during the transition period of the Ethereum blockchain to proof of stake. So, uh, yeah, so I believe I've covered this on the podcast. However, it's worth noting again, during the merge, you will not be able to withdraw your ETH from these major exchanges that are participating. Uh, this is to make the merge go smoother and avoid any devalize. Destabilization, destabilization, there we go, uh, while the merge is happening. And uh, just trying to keep everything a little easier. The article continues on here. However, uh, yeah, I think we covered it. So if you have some stake in pooling, uh, I hope you don't. Good luck getting your funds out. I hope this works out in a positive way very shortly. It looks like it may. It is quite a bit different 
than uh, a CFI project halting withdrawals because they sh because a pool can't use all your Bitcoin or all your ETH to make a trade on leverage and then get liquidated and lose all your crypto because they made a mistake. I don't believe anyway. So uh, I believe there is some safety and there is going to be a positive re resolution out of this. However, I do see it affect affecting uh, Bitcoin price action and uh, the hash rate as well in a negative way. But time will tell. Actually, we have uh, one more story because we have a little bit of time here. Netflix, Netflix bans crypto commercials on ad-based streaming service from a report. So... Netflix is okay with having programming about Bitcoin and crypto and all that kind of stuff, but they don't want to see commercials, which I find strange. Desperate to boost revenues, Netflix announced in July that it would be launching a cheaper subscription tier that featured commercials. However, these commercials can't be crypto related. I don't know how, I haven't never seen a crypto commercial on anything. And, uh, when you look at market conditions, it's what's happened with the people that would be putting out these commercials like your Celsius and stuff like that is companies that would be uh, paying for commercials to get people to lend them more crypto that they can make leverage trades with and get liquidated with. Those are probably the people that are going to be doing commercials on Netflix as well. So maybe it's not a bad thing when you think about it a little bit. Uh, that is going to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. First show of the week, so I'm, I'm always a little uh, rough around the edges on the first show, but um, yeah, we'll keep plugging through here for the remainder. We'll probably do a Saturday podcast as well, because yesterday was a holiday up here in Canada. It was a big holiday, and I kind of feel like making up for that, so we'll probably do a Saturday show as well. If you want to support the show, check out the show description. You can support us on Patreon. You can buy a ledger through the link in the description. The best way to support the show, like we always say, is to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. Subscribe to us and leave us a review. That makes the biggest impact and helps us and the rest of crypto all grow together here. Have a great day. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Maybe we'll see some green going into the market. It has opened. Let's do one last little check here. Now we're currently sitting at $19,897 for Bitcoin. So yeah, we'll see what happens today. I'll bye for now and I'll see you guys tomorrow.